We're very excited to have Linda Brumley on our episode today. Linda, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled you're here and you just celebrated your 75th birthday. And I love being 75. Oh, I love it too. It looks good on you. So how did you celebrate your birthday? Well, I had a party my daughter gave for me with some dear friends and um, then my husband took me away. We were headed for Laguna Beach, but we ended up in Encinitas. Oh, Moonlight Beach. Not a bad, not a bad trade off there, though. So many memories. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so special. And Linda, your husband's Ron. He is. And you guys have how many kids and grandkids? We have four children and ten grandchildren. So, do they all live? Do are they spread out, or do they live? They're really spread out. Okay. Yeah. But how do you feel about having such a big family? Oh, I feel like I'm eager for it to be bigger. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, you're a wonderful grandma and mom. So um, so we're really excited to have you here. Um, you're going to speak on the confusion between fantasy and faith. I right. feel like this is a huge topic, not just for younger generations. I feel like for people in general, but women in mm-hmm. general, this is this is huge for us. So I'm really excited that that's what God put on your heart. Um, and it's powerful stuff, so I hope everybody that's listening is ready. But we're really happy you're here. Why is this a topic that's on your heart? I think because I see women um, disappointed in their dreams not coming true. And things they prayed for, they're like, why didn't God give me that? I know he wanted that for me, but he didn't give it to me. And so I think sometimes... We confuse what we're praying for um, with faith. We think we're praying for what God wants too, and we don't really know that. That's a fantasy. Wow, that's I can totally relate. That's really, I'm very excited to hear what you have. So please go ahead and share it with us. Okay. Well, I was thinking about Jesus' ministry as it began and the way he tried to lift people out of fantasy to faith and what that is. And he tried to lift them out of the temporary to the eternal and out of the earthly to the spiritual. So I just wanted to look at some verses in um, the Gospel of John because I think just time after time he's trying to help people think spiritually. But we're so earthbound. So, I mean, even the idea of the Word became flesh in John one fourteen. That's crazy. That, I mean, that... Sounds like fantasy, but it's about a deep faith that the word, what word? The word perfection, Mm -hmm. it became flesh. The word love, it became flesh. Justice, redemption, Messiah, Emmanuel, all flesh, which is, it's mind-blowing to me. And I think, I think it's a topic, I think this is a topic that for me, I have to meditate on every day or I'm back where the people were that he was talking to that I can read the Bible and feel superior to them because I know. But the truth is, knowing what faith is and knowing the reality of the unseen instead of thinking what we see is the reality, oh, fan- fantasy. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. in um, chapter 1, verse 5, he says to Nathaniel, so... You know, I won't go into that story, but um, miraculously, Jesus said, 
oh, I saw you back when you were under the fig tree, and Nathaniel knew he wasn't there, so it kind of blew his mind. And then in chapter 3, to Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, so he was like at the top of spiritual hierarchy for the Jews, and Jesus says, well, you've got to be born again. And what, I mean, Nicodemus totally didn't get that. How can someone be born when they're old? How can they enter a second time into their mother's womb? And that's such a a normal question when you live in a world where you're only in touch with the physical. But Jesus expected him to be in touch with the spiritual. And so he says, I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? That's verse 12. And so I think that calls us to something about what belief is and what faith really is. And that I think, okay, here's my theory. I don't know if this is true, but I think it is. I think many of the things that God gave us in the spiritual world were just so he could use them as examples to help us understand the spiritual Mm. world. I think families, that's true. I think home that's true. I think pain, it, it's all about relating those things to the spiritual world. So anyway, so, you know, I just, this keeps resonating with me, especially I think the gospel of John is just wham, wham, wham. So in chapter four, verse 10 and verse 14, he's talking to the woman at the well and he asks her, her for a drink of water. And then he tells her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water and you'd never thirst again. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, can you imagine how confusing that was to her? How much she had to think about those words to even get close to understanding what Jesus was trying to communicate? Living water. I think that's why he gave us water water h2o so we could understand being thirsty and we could understand wanting him but those are the things that seem like fantasy to us but they're the reality so um to his disciples they came and thought he was hungry in chapter 4 verse 34 he says my food is to do the will of him who sent me like what We think you're starving to death because you haven't eaten and you've got to be tired and hungry. And he's like, I want to talk to you about what real food is. So I think if we apply this shift of thinking to what Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20 and 21, he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So we we lose faith when we read this, actually, because we think we can't do that. And right. we think, well, I've never told a mountain to move, and it's moved, and I don't think it would if I told it. And so, you know, we think so physically that we miss the spiritual impact of moving mountains. Which is just, it's mind-blowing. It's awesome. And 
so we um we want the show we want the spectacle it's what disappointed jesus in seeing people following him for the wrong reasons they followed him for the miracles and they followed him for um the spectacle even for the controversy mm-hmm. they followed him for so many things that weren't what he wanted to call them to so you know he rebuked them in john 4 verse 48 he said unless you people see signs and wonders you will never believe and what he calls us to believe is signs and wonders that we can't see Mm. so there are still miracles there are still mountains moving but we can't see them and so it limits the faith we have because our vision is so, we're so myopic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in chapter 8 of Mark, verse 12, it says, He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly I tell you, no sign will be given to it. And I think it was because they'd seen so much. And actually, we've seen so much. And Second Corinthians 5, 7 calls us to live by faith, not by sight, because we already have enough evidence. So I think that the challenge for me when I think about this, and this is why it's been on my heart, because it challenges me. I'm not here to act superior and tell everybody oh you should think this way because I've arrived that is not where I'm coming from but what would we see if we weren't looking for our fantasies what would we see if when we pray for our child to be saved or for our friend to be saved and our fantasy is well that's what God wants it's what I want so that should happen and or single women but i got i got baptized and it's not good for man to be alone and so surely god's going to bring this you know knight in shining armor into my life who's got a big cross around his neck cuz he's so spiritual and that's not what god does because that's our fantasy that's not what he promises he promises something entirely different and entirely better and you know you think about jesus even at gethsemane saying let this cup pass from me that's what he asked for he didn't want to go through what he was going to go through the next day but it wasn't what he got and i don't think i think it would be blasphemous to say jesus was asking for a fantasy but If he'd been banking on that, that would have been fantasy. Because what he said was, not as I will, but as you will. That's reality. That's faith. And um, so I just think more of our prayers need to be like that. I think, and this is something else I'm really thinking about deeply right now in, in my time with God, is when our circumstances are bleak, we think it's bad news. But maybe it's good news. Maybe it's exactly the mountain God wanted to move. And if we only value the physically discernible results we pray for, are we living by faith or by fantasy?
Linda asked some good questions for all of us to consider and think about. We'll have the scriptures and different things she mentioned posted as well, so we can all go over them later. So, Linda, thank you so much for being here and sharing. Um, It was really special, and we're really grateful. We are one.